Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording here in Amiskwichiwa Skygen, otherwise known as Edmonton, here in Treaty 6 territory. And while we don't usually do a land acknowledgement on this show, this week's guest, Mav Addiser, has one we'd like to play for you. Land acknowledgements are tricky because, uh, because they don't actually improve the material conditions of indigenous people. And so it just kind of becomes this like neoliberal magical incantation you recite at the beginning of a show is that that somehow absolves you of your part in a violent settler colonial state. That doesn't. Uh, <laughs> however, we are in Treaty 6 territory, and uh, I'm a settler here. And so I would just like to acknowledge very quickly before anything else uh, that Jason Nixon of the United Conservative Party did murder a horse with his bare hands. Now, Jason Nixon, of course, we all know, is the sitting MLA for Rimby, Rocky Mountain House, and Sundry. Uh, he was the former House Opposition Leader, and he is uh, the current Minister of Environment and Parks. And in 2010, he was arrested for shooting a pregnant wild mare. Uh, this was detailed in the uh, 2017 article by Leticia Corbella. Uh, of the Calgary Herald, entitled Corbella, colon, Jason Nixon is a giant in every way. Now, now within this article, once you get past Lizia Corbella flicking her bean about Jason Nixon's hand girth and shoe size, uh, she talks about uh, Jason Dixon being arrested, quote, in 2010, RCMP officers from three different detachments, some with their guns drawn, burst through the house that he shared with his wife, Tiffany, and they yelled, get down, you big effing retard, unquote. Now, they, they, did, they did write effing, but also kept the retard part. That's, that's Calgary Herald for you. But, um, now, Jason Nixon was actually cleared of all charges uh, because photos of the mayor had surfaced and they found that there were no gunshot wounds uh, on its person. Um, and so the RCMP had to apologize to Jason Nixon for not being woke and, and he was actually cleared of all charges. And no one is saying that Jason Nixon shot that horse. Uh, what I am saying is that, like the article, Jason Nixon is a literal giant, and that he took that horse with his giant hands. He took, he took one giant hand and put it on the head of the horse, and then he put his other hand and put it on the rump of the horse, and that, with ungodly strength, just twisted. Without any effort or thought or hesitation on his part, I ripped that horse apart uh, <laughs> without aid of firearms or really any weapons crafted by the hands of man. And he turned this beautiful, magnificent creature into meat confetti, just cascading <laughs> a cliff. Uh, Jason Nixon of the United Conservative Party had murdered a horse with his bare hands. And I think that that's very important for us to recognize here as settlers of Treaty 6 territory. And Jason Nixon 
of the United Conservative Party. He is a he's a fairy tale ogre come to life. <laughs> a fairy tale ogre come to life. If fairy tale ogres ran construction companies and then fired their female staff after they complained that clients were sexually harassing them, Jason Nixon of the United Conservative Party. A giant in every way. Mitzi Corbella's imaginary boyfriend <laughs> murdered a horse with his bare hands, and it took three detachments of RCMP clerics and paladins <laughs> with their swords and shields and maces and their buff spells in order to stop the horse murder that he had inflicted upon the land, and so Jason Nixon of the United Conservative Party did murder a horse with fair hands, and I would just like to recognize that, because I'm an immigrant and a settler here on Turtle Island, and, and Jason Nixon is a horse murderer. Jason Nixon murdered a horse. <laughs> Yeah, the audio in that was exceptionally bad. You really get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's still uh, just just for context. That bit is from Mav's Fringe show, Last Days on Krypton, uh, a fantastic Fringe show, which you should have seen if you were in Edmonton when Fringe was happening. But we, but uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're so lucky to have Edmonton comedy man Mav Addiser back on the Progress Report for a second time joining a very select group of people who have made it back on the show two times in our short history. But uh, Mav, welcome back. What's up? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, my question to you is, uh, where were you and and what were you doing when you learned that Jason Nixon had killed a horse with his bare hands? Uh, I think I was uh, sipping coffee reading the Calgary Herald when it first came out. No, actually, what had happened was we we were... um, we were, uh, we were, my friends and I were super into Chapo Trap House when it first came out, and like we're like we gotta do like a Canadian version of this, and then we thought there's no way anyone in Canadian politics is interesting enough to roast <laughs> for an hour, and then we found Jason Nixon, and here we are. I mean, years later, roasting Jason Nixon for I don't know, probably not an hour, but at least a good chunk of time. Yeah, I mean, and that is the concept of this episode, which is that giant horse killer Jason Nixon um, is a bad person who's done lots of bad things and and he didn't actually kill a horse with his bare hands let's just get it out of the way we don't have to shout parody parody after that (laughs) but I mean even if if he didn't kill a horse with his bare hands which he didn't no one is saying he did that (laughs) no no one he's still a bad person who's done a lot of bad things and and it's funny um, because you have to laugh. I mean, I'm happy that we have something to laugh at here just because the past 10 days have just seen awful bit of news after awful bit of news. And as someone who is like professionally obligated to pay attention to the news, uh, I feel like shit. I don't know about you, but I feel great. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, it's 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 been a tough time the the last little while. And uh I'm, you know, on the one hand, I, I was telling you on the way over here that like this, this is way more depressing than my mother-in-law's funeral. Um, 
but also I guess this is the job is to yuck it up during sad times. Yeah. I mean, if you wouldn't, if you, if you're not going to laugh, you're going to cry. Right. Yeah. And like, we do have someone who is, who should be laughed at. I mean, despite Constantly. the fact, despite the fact that he is a terrifying giant of an ogre. Um, I mean, we have, to, we're obligated to laugh at him. Right. And, and the, the, the inciting incident of all this is a 2009 incident where a rancher named Allison Gentry alleged uh, she caught several men and a minor, um, so good one there, Jason, uh, hunting deer on her property. Uh, illegally, they were trespassing. They were killing deer without her permission. And this happened near somewhere near Cremona, Alberta, which I have no idea where that is. The news report says it's an hour northwest of Calgary. <clears throat> Gentry uh, said Nixon threatened her, a count that was backed up by her neighbor. And though Nixon was later charged with assault, that charge was later withdrawn, and Nixon signed a peace bond. But really what happened, the more important stuff is what happened after that, which is when the fish and wildlife officer came to investigate the fact that there was a deer that had been killed uh, on this woman's land. And that, and I'm a little foggy on how the like horse murder works into all of this. But I mean, at the end of the day, let's just, let's just agree that a fish and wildlife officer showed up to a woman's property. Jason Nixon is there with a bunch of his dudes. Yeah. This woman has called it in. She's right. presumably has fled the scene. And and this guy has shown up. Yeah. And this was covered in the news. I mean, Jason Nixon was charged with, with crimes, crimes which he eventually beat in court. But he was charged. I mean, the people on the scene felt that enough, they had probable cause to charge him with the things that they charged yeah. him with. And um, and the the court case that covered these things was was well covered by local media. Um, something we probably wouldn't say in 2019, but back in 2011, yeah, there, back I guess in the was... <laughs> Yes, in the Rocky Mountain Gazette and the uh, Sundry Mountaineer. I, I don't know if that last one's actually the newspaper's name, but 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 the details of this story are important. And 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 I think we're before we start riffing on them, I think it's worth going over them a little bit here. So Alberta Environment Fish and Wildlife Officer Adam Myris was conducting this investigation into this illegally shot deer when he had the misfortune of running into Jason Nixon and his friends. Uh, during court testimony, uh, the video from the officer's truck was played in court, and uh, this uh, incident was reported in local newspapers as well. And this quote that I'm going to give you is, is from the news report, and it's from the Fish and Wildlife Officer. I then heard him say he was going to manhandle me in about a minute testified Fish and Wildlife Officer Adam Myris. This is audio that was captured by the uh, cameras running the officer's truck. The camera also caught this choice exchange between Nixon and the officer. Anytime you want to bring your lady over here, I'll service her, you fuck. Get the fuck off my property. Jason Nixon is now, as the Minister of Environment, the boss of this particular Fish and Wildlife Officer. And, it, you know, I think it's just sad that he would reduce... Um uh, sexual threats like that into such a transactional kind of way, you know, mm -hmm. it really is neoliberalism at work. <laughs> no, the, the thing about this is that like the reason why, uh, the horse murder stuff came along is because apparently there was a, a certain meth enthusiast that had called a tip line mm. and said, Hey, this guy, uh, totally wrecked this horse. <laughs> Uh, I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, and uh, pulled it in half. And he he got a sizable, uh, we'll say seed money, you know, a sizable chunk of reward money uh, for his pursuits, mm -hmm. uh, which were then disputed later on. Mm -hmm. 
But judging from his... I mean, can you really blame the guy for, like, shooting his shot? It seems, like, not that far-fetched, considering all of this, like, real, actual recorded stuff. Well, he didn't shoot a horse, but he did, or someone in his party shot a deer on on land that they weren't supposed to be on, right? And that was was what he was eventually charged with. He... You know, Jason Nixon did uh, end up beating the horse murder rap, which, uh, again, seemed kind of species, specious. He did end up beating the uh, the uttering threats charge. He did end up beating the assault and the obstruction. Um, but he did receive a $500 fine for possession of an illegally shot deer. 500 whole dollars. <laughs> the system the system works, man. <laughs> the Teflon Don, Jason Nixon. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, um, I mean, years later, a journalist in the context of you know, years later, Jason Nixon is now this high-profile member of what had just recently become the UCP. You know, a real leader. Uh, I think the House leader at the time. And there's this freelance journalist trying to get a hold of this video. You know, the, this video that was played in open court. This video that was uh, reported on widely by newspapers at the time. Um, UCP lawyers uh, successfully blocked the release of this video that had been played in open court and was reported on by newspapers. And not only did they block the release of it, the the judge, uh, a former progressive conservative MLA for the area, or not actually from Calgary, um, this judge uh, put on a publication ban. um, And uh, I'll just read from the news report here. The risk of harm and prejudice to Mr. Nixon outweighs any interests that the public might have in seeing this DVD, she said, noting Nixon's re-election and the fact that he was UCP House leader while in opposition during his last term. Graham, the judge, uh, herself is a former conservative MLA. She held UCP leader and premier-elect Jason Kenney's current seat, Calgary Lougheed, between 1997 and 2004. This is the uh, this is not a quote. This is I mean, this is a quote from the news story, but this is the editorial voice of the star speaking now. In most cases, the public is granted automatic access to court files and media are constitutionally allowed to publish information about them. Anyone asking for a ban must prove that the benefits outweigh the public's right to freedom of expression. So those UCP lawyers made a hell of a case to this judge, I got to say. Listen, I'm just going to quote my favorite rosy-cheeked MLA and say, no conflict! <laughs> no. Yeah, that, oh man, Doug Schweitzer. I mean, we could do an episode on him, too. He's conflicted out all over the place. <laughs> but, um, I mean, real, real, I don't know. I don't know. What's, what's the best way to, to, to typify this? Like... This is some, like, old-school Chicago shit. Yeah, this is deep-state Chicago yeah. Democrat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like real, uh, real. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. But this is this is just bad, and, and you hate to see it. You know, like, the fact that Jason Nixon was had this, this legal trouble that was mostly made to go away. Uh, I mean, a $500 fine isn't nothing, but it's pretty much nothing when you look at I don't imagine, I don't know what the penalty for um, threatening a fish and wildlife officer is, but I imagine it's not nothing. Yeah, no, like, it's going to be way more than uh, however much he's going to sue us for after we air this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Way, way more. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it is is an incredible example of, like, the raw kind of unvarnished power that the, the UCP and people like Jason Nixon have in this province, right? That they are just literally able to flex a little bit of lawyer bullshit, and it all just kind of goes away. Well, and just the fact that, like, a judge who was intimately, like, connected to him was the one presiding over his case. Like, nobody bothered to check that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing that... Uh, 
that relates to this incident that was brought up in the context of the last provincial election was the complainant, the woman who started all this off, Allison Gentry. Um, this is the woman who encountered Nixon and uh, four other folks who were with him at the time um, who were allegedly trespassing on her property um, back in November 2009. In the, the victim impact statement that she filed, Gentry said she noticed the group, all of whom said were armed uh, while she was patrolling her land. This was apparently a frequent occurrence for her, people trespassing on her land to hunt. Without leaving her vehicle, she informed the group that they were trespassing and that there was no hunting allowed on the property. She says the group left their guns by a fence post and began to clean, clear away a deer they'd shot, at which point Gentry used her cell phone to attempt to take photos of the men. When the unnamed driver noticed, he got out of the truck and she claims he became aggressive. He walked up to my corridor, reached through the open window, and tried to grab the phone in my right hand. Gentry's statement reads, I drew my arm to the right, downwards towards the e-brake, as he tried to catch my arm to flip the phone away. After another short exchange, another resident, Donna Maines, arrived at the scene. Maines had been called by Gentry to help, for help to take photos of the trespassers. When Maines drove closer to the group, she heard one of the men threaten Gentry. He said, hey, someone's name, do you want to shoot that bitch? The document states, Gentry told CTV News that Nixon was charged with assault and trespassing and had to sign a peace bond, agreeing to stay away from her property. Now, I should preface that before he said, do you want to shoot that bitch? He did say, are you in a proper headspace <laughs> to receive negative information? Yeah, he, he did. Um, yeah, he did do a vibe check beforehand. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all things being fair, he, he should be able to get away with that. Right. Uh, I mean, again, he... Signing the peace bond is not an admission of guilt. I mean, you'll read this in every story that you read about this. And again, all of this stuff is going to be all of the links to the stuff that we're citing is going to be in the show notes. Um, but like the language of the peace bond is pretty explicit. So it's like I, I just love that we have moved away from feudalism uh, and that we're no longer lorded over by just monsters who inherited their power and just lorded over us any chance they get that we live a, in a normal and healthy society yeah, where a totally modern society that or eight foot ogres are not able to just rampage over the land doing whatever they want <laughs> um this this next one is a real peach and in in jason nixon lore i mean you may have heard this one already but it, it really does bear repeating um, Jason Nixon is the kind of guy who would fire a single mom five days before Christmas for the simple fact that she was reporting to Jason Nixon, her boss, that she had been sexually harassed. You remember this story? Uh, it came out, actually. Well, it resurfaced uh, when the NDP were trying to pass some legislation preventing workplace harassment yes it was it was a debate on workplace harassment legislation in the in the alberta legislature and they i think they i think the ndp even let jason nixon kind of like oh yeah talk there, about it there's the, the ucp's and jason nixon's stance was we've got enough of those yeah yeah i mean i mean do we really need more workplace harassment policy yeah. um but yeah jason nixon actually lost a human rights complaint on this file uh so um the, the details, everything that we said is true, but the details are actually like horrifying and even worse uh, than you can imagine. So um, I'm going to be reading to you from uh, a new story on this uh, that we'll have in the show notes, but essentially gives the details of uh, the Human Rights Tribunal decision. The Human Rights Tribunal, the British Columbia Human Rights Tri Tribunal, handed down their decision on December 30th, 2008, and it involved three companies. Nixon's company, Nixon Safety Consulting, Navigator, a construction company building a condo in Kelowna, and Conforte, 
a company that performed concrete work on the site. This complaint also involved Greg Ford, an an independent contractor and a person who we will be hearing about uh, a lot much later. The tribunal found that Nixon's company fired its safety officer, Corey Harrison, in December 2005 after she complained that Ford had sexually harassed her. I find that Mr. Ford sexually harassed Ms. Harrison and that NSC terminated her employment when she complained, adjudicator Kurt Neuenfeld wrote in the tribunal's decision. I find that Nixon Safety Consulting terminated her employment at the urging of Navigator and with the tacit approval of Conforte. Harrison, uh, this is the the woman who uh, filed the complaint, she was 27 at the time, and she said that Ford slapped her on the buttocks and propositioned her. Ford also offered her marijuana, lingerie, and truck tires in return for sex. I love some old-fashioned romance, you know? That is the... I mean, apparently this happened in BC, but that is the most, like... like That's the birdest fucking proposition. (laughs) Yes, ever, ever to exist. She was also encouraged to dress sexier while she worked at a construction site. Ford, who was Harrison's supervisor, watched pornography on a work computer and asked her to watch with him on at least one occasion. The tribunal also found... Harrison told us... The tribunal also found, quote... Harrison told Mr. Nixon what had been going on with Mr. Ford and that she had been touching, that he had been touching and propositioning her, Noenfeld wrote. At the end of the conversation, Mr. Nixon asked her to send him an email about what had been occurring, as he needed something in writing. Mr. Nixon told her that there was no way this sort of thing would be tolerated. He also told her not to go into work the next day and that he would call her. Smash cut to... <laughs> yeah, he definitely does not tolerate snitches. <laughs> Smash cut two on December 20th, 2005, five days before Christmas, Harrison received a letter from Nixon notifying her that her services were no longer needed. The tribunal report said, uh, we are writing to inform you that as of January 1st, 2006, so 10 whole days notice, we will no longer require your services on the lofts project. Over the past few weeks, it has become apparent that you were not fitting into the role that we need on the lofts project and upon review with our client navigator development it is clear that you are not meeting the requirements of the site safety advisor position harrison ended up winning a thirty-two thousand dollar award for damages and lost wages all all of this before jason nixon reached the ripe age of 30 i mean real top 30 under 30 shit (laughs) oh man i i want to see that magazine profile uh, Kenny, uh, when asked about this, said in a statement, so he didn't even add, uh, face the media when, when dealing with the blowback from this. Kenny said in a statement that Nixon was a 25-year-old small business owner when Harrison was fired from her job. <laughs> As if that is somehow exculpatory no, in that's, some way. So, you know what? When I, when I was 35 or 25 and owning a small business, uh, I really didn't want to murder that guy. But, you know, I was 25 and a small business owner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the fact that that, I mean, I, I could maybe go and try and find something more from Kenny on that, but the fact that that's the, the art, the quote that you get in the article on this is just like, <laughs> it's essentially J, Jason Kenny throwing his, his palms there and saying, yeah. so fucking what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Basically, it's just like, hey, boys will be boys. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how Jason Nixon was in the position he was in at the age of 25. I assume it had something to do with his daddy and his connections. Um, I'm, but like, how does this man have like power over anyone? And the fact that he has power over anyone is, is just like scary and frightening to me. And, and what does his record show? Right? Yeah. Well, I think it all started when Pat Nixon, uh, was the King of Minos. 
Uh, and then he asked when Jason Nixon was born, uh, the engineer Daedalus to create a labyrinth in order to prevent him from wreaking havoc upon the land. Uh, he somehow managed to escape that. Um, yeah, but he flew away. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it is one uh, scenario. I mean, there there are possibly many scenarios here. Yeah. Um, there's a there's another section of of Jason Nixon's life that doesn't get talked about a lot. I mean, I think Dave Cornway, Dave Berta had has done a bit of writing about this. I know that uh, the people of Athabasca University care about this a lot because um, he did kind of leave a bit of bit of a flaming bag of shit there. Um, but Jason Nixon was the former students union president of Athabasca University. Um, his term ended under somewhat murky circumstances. I don't know if you'd heard about this, or is this <laughs> no. me bringing this to your attention? No, I, I I didn't even know he was an Athabasca kid. I mean, I don't think he is. Like, I think he was just taking distance learning and <laughs> uh, and got involved in student politics. Right, sure. Which I don't understand. Like, total commuter, not even commuter campus, total like distance learning campus. How does it even have a, a students union? But that's that's besides the point. Um, no, so so his time at students as the students union president uh, at Athabasca University ended under somewhat murky circumstances, uh, mostly because uh, his pay rose to forty nine thousand eight hundred fifty one dollars a year. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> uh, this is this made him one of the highest paid student union execs in the province. Um, while even though Athabasca is the smallest of the four research universities in Alberta, he. That just goes to show, you know, how high his bootstraps are, that he lifted himself up. Apparently, the salary when he began uh, his time there was uh, a little under 22000 and by the time Holy he left, shit. it was 49000 more than doubling. Are you sure this isn't Richard fucking Nixon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Nixon speculated. So a lot of this was dug up by the, um, the student newspaper uh, at Athabasca University. Um, Nixon uh, was speculating that the student paper was making such a stink because they were seeing their services cut. So as the student's union president, what did Nixon do? But of course, cut funding to the student's newspaper. So what you're saying is that his his involvement in public policy has started all the way from when he was a university student. That yeah. he That he's a, that he's a young, uh, you know. He's a real protege. <laughs> a real wunderkind when you get down to it. Damn. That's amazing, actually. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, start young, right? Like, you're never going to be a shithead conservative politician if you if you start in your fifties. That's true. If you start in your twenties, yeah. like, think of the head start you'll have on all the like old gray and white guys. I, I imagine Jason Nixon with his dad, um, like in the scene in The Lion King, where it's like, everything the light touches is our kingdom. I mean, that is literally how conservatives <laughs> view Alberta, right? I mean, the fact that Rachel Notley had four years of running this province. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, what about what about that uh, what about that shadowy part over there? Never go there, Jason. <laughs> That's Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's also worth noting that, I mean, Jason Nixon likes to hold himself up as this champion of rural Alberta. Um, but he was the author of a report that explicitly wanted to pull Athabasca University out of the town of Athabasca, um, a move that would cr crush this rural Alberta town, um, would, would render it, I mean, a shadow of what it once was, right? It's one of the biggest employers there. And he I just, was going to do it with his bare hands, though. Like, so they would have cut. They would have cut all those costs. He was just going to lift the town <laughs> up and put it on his shoulders, and uh, oh and just God. move it to St. Albert or yeah. something. I don't know. 
Um, I mean, we've brought up the Nixon family a few times and his dad. So, I mean, Jason Nixon doesn't exist in a vacuum. He does uh, exist as the son of someone named Pat Nixon. Um, Pat Nixon is a, a man who started up the mustard seed. Colonel mustard seed. The Colonel mustard seed. Uh, um, you know, a nonprofit that has offices all over Alberta that does a lot of work uh, feeding and clothing and housing people. Also does a lot of work proselytizing and spreading the good word. Um, by that, I mean just like Christian missionary shit, but sure. to the poor people. Um if you read Pat Nixon's biography, I mean, he's, he does, he does have a compelling story. He does seem to be a very charismatic person. His like grew up in BC. His dad used to beat the shit out of him and his parents. He was a drug addict. He used to live rough and he turned it all around with Christian charity. And that's, I don't know. That's really the, the extent of the research I've done on <laughs> Pat Nixon. Uh, but he did uh, start the mustard seed. He also had six children and, and Jason Nixon does have a normal sized brother. <laughs> who is an MLA, a UCP MLA uh, in the legislature. There are also four other Nixons running around, uh, four other brother Nixons running around Alberta. Oh my goodness. God help us. Yeah. I think they, they just stay in like the Rocky mountain house, sundry area, uh, in their case, in, in, <laughs> in an enclosed space with, yeah. Wizards and paladins just kind of monitoring them. Uh, I mean, God help us like this, this family, this Pat Nixon is, is, I mean, he was the guest of honor at the recent, Edmonton prayer breakfast that happened. I think the first prayer Hell breakfast. Hell yeah, dude. The first prayer breakfast that had happened in Edmonton in like five or six years. Now, Duncan, why, why do you hate charity? Uh, why do I hate God and Christianity <laughs> yeah. and charity? It, why, yeah. What is, what is, what does Chairman Mao say about, uh, giving to the poor and, and, uh, clothing the needy and stuff? I don't know. You'd have to tell me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I think it's good. I think it's good that uh, that people are, you know, being provided soup uh, while they uh, get lectured at by a self-righteous douchebag. Um, and uh, you know, like the great thing about the great thing about um, the mustard seed and places like it is that they exist because social safety nets are constantly getting slashed in this fucking province. So um, there's totally no conflict between the existence of the mustard seed and then just all of these chuds just viciously putting austerity into the province. Yeah, I mean, it's real. What kind of society do you want yeah. shit, right? It's 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 a question of should this work be uh, offloaded to religious charities who have their own agenda or should we as a society intentionally decide to provide a minimum amount of food and lodging for people, you know? They, I mean, like, uh, Mustard Seed gets a lot of cash, don't they? I mean, I, I, if I had more time, we could go through the blue book. I mean, th there was just a recent announcement from the government of Alberta. There was $3 million in grants announced for school nutrition programs. And these were all school nutrition programs that were partnering with nonprofits. One of those nonprofits was the Mustard Seed, the Mustard Seed outpost in Red Deer. So, I mean... I that's the one example I've found, but right. I, I imagine you could find all sorts of other entanglements between right. uh, the mustard seed and the government of Alberta. And actually, it's relatively easy to find that stuff, but um, I haven't had the time to check into it. Yeah, once again, a Schweitzer voice. No conflict! No, no conflict. And the, I mean, the prayer breakfast stuff, too, was enough to give me pause, right? Like, the fact that they were reviving this, this thing that had, had died five or six years ago. Um, I guess that probably would have been what Redford was in office. Sure. 
Um, that's strange to think. It it just seems like it seems like a throwback to like Bible Bill days. You yeah, know? it seems like a throwback to like American politics, yeah. right? Where yeah. it's like the, the evangelicals kind of explicitly get together and have their like political goals and their political rallies, and they kind right. of like, onward Christian soldier into the like political sphere. You yeah, know? I like. Uh, I mean, it's it's fine though because they are they are doing prayer breakfast for all different religions, aren't they? <laughs> Well, that was one of the hilarious things that, that came up in the defense of the prayer breakfast was like, well, you know, those those critics don't get mad when I when I, you know, when I give when I do little videos on like Diwali or, or you know, the ex Jewish holiday. Right. And it's like it, it, you're not having a breakfast with like every yeah. single Christian yeah, or, yeah. or every single MLA of that faith explicitly yeah. having it about that. And yeah. like, and no, I want to see I want <laughs> I want to see Jason Kenny doing Seder dinner. Mm-hmm. That would be tight. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I'm sure he's done it. He's the, the guy loves religions. Like the one, if there, if I have any insight into Jason Kenny's like brain and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this guy, it's like if, if all he could do was like read and talk to other high level religious wonks for the rest of his life, he'd be very happy. Like if you read him in, um, Civitas, Civitas is this, it's this like Christian nonprofit, like think tank. Uh, and he'll he'll give speeches to these things. Christian nonprofit think tank. Yeah, there's so many conflicting ideas in that one phrase. Yeah, and so he he's given a couple speeches of these, and you can go and read these speeches, and and this is where I think you get into the real Jason Kenny, right? When he's getting into like arcane bits of like various Christian sect lore, and he's like talking about how it relates to like the present day and the politics of this or that thing. Like that's what that's what really he gets off on. Oh I think. God, he's a total nerd but for the bible yes yeah, yeah. And, but and i would say even all religions but like definitely the bible sure see and i think this is like you know like somebody might be asking like why why focus in on these people and like this why this episode you know mm-hmm. and, and and i think that it it just it kind of boils down to how we need to understand these people who govern us and how they are not just awful creatures, but just like how craven and corrupt and like power hungry these people are and how like despite all of their rhetoric of like pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, it's still down to other people paving the way for them to get into power Mm -hmm. and then fuck up all of our shit. I mean, it's, it, the real scary part is when you combine this, uh, you know, this the the class warfare stuff. Like Jason Kenney yeah. is viciously prosecuting this uh, this class war on behalf of the rich, on on all, almost every other Albertan, right? And then you combine it with the like, the explicit God stuff, right? Yeah. Like the Christian prayer breakfast, and um, and that's that's the scary to me. I mean, I'm I am a lapsed uh, like Christian evangelical, right? Like I come from that world. Right. And I don't like those people. Those people I left for for reasons. Right. Like they fucking suck, and they weren't good people. I didn't like hanging out with them. And I was 15 years old, and I was like, uh, no, sure. absolutely not. And sure, I was like, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not like a Dawkins atheist asshole yeah. anymore. Like those people are really obnoxious, and I'm not here to slam faith. <laughs> right, right. But those particular strand of like Stephen Harper Christian and Missionary Alliance evangelicals like really twig me. That and that's my own personal bias, but. 
yeah, but also like it's it's kind of horrifying to, you know what? When it's just when when a person is just corrupt because they want money, mm-hmm. that's you can almost work with that, you know. But we when, understand why everyone's yeah. here, right? But yeah. when there's a when there's a zealous fervor behind it. That's horrifying <laughs> because it's impenetrable. Like there's, you can't penetrate that with like logic or reasoning because like it's just coming from this like mythical place and you believe yourself to be like, you are correct. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, when we look back at Jason Nixon, I mean, the guy is literally like, he's, he's our age. I mean, he's a few years older than us and sure. he's like 39 or and something. he's also twice our size combined. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not big dudes, but he is a huge, yeah. huge person. He's I mean, a large son. He's him, Alberta's largest son. Like, if you, if you, the pictures of him standing next to Jason Kenny, like are comical, like, how are you down there? Like, <laughs> like it is the fact that he is the, the deputy, like the second in command. Yeah. And that the size disparity is what it is. Cause Jason Kenny's like, like not that oh, big, yeah, right? right? Like Especially he's, lately he's, he's, he's doing his keto, you know, he's, he's keeping it tight. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could just like take two months off and lose 60 pounds yeah. or whatever it was, man. Um, that was a slightly alarming to see that when it happened, but I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I, I, I was, I was hoping for some sort of flesh eating disease, but you know, <laughs> can't always get what you want. Nope. I mean, so, so where do we go on this? I mean, we spent 20, 30 minutes talking about Jason Nixon. He's a bad person who's done bad things. Um, he is monstrously powerful in the context of Alberta. That's right. Um, I mean, this is, this is the, the, the Lenin part, you know, what is to be done. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we should then. No, I mean, we don't have to have the answers for everything right here, right now. But I mean, at some point, some silly content is just some silly content. Yeah, but I, I think that what's important to understand now is that um, that we are in an existential conflict with these people. You know, that like this isn't just, oh, uh, a debate in the marketplace of ideas or whatever. No, these motherfuckers are out to get your lunch and your dinner and your dessert and your job and everything. Yeah. yeah your livelihood. Your I horse. Mean, we, we just saw your horse. You're careful with your horses around Jason yeah. Nixon kids. Uh, and they, and they, they know like, that's the thing is that like, they know that they're in a fight and they are out for blood. Uh, and so many of the people that they're declaring war on don't even know that they're in a fight, you know? I mean, this is this line, this is a line I keep coming back to, right? Which is that you can't expect your bully to get tired of beating you up and for him to stop. Uh, you have to fight back. The only thing that these that bullies will respond to is you actually punching back. Totally. And I mean, this is in the this is I say this in the context of like when I speak to people who are involved with unions or nonprofits yep. or like organizations that are looking around at the world around them and they're like, shit is fucked up. What do we do? And the one thing you cannot do is you cannot curl up into a ball and hope that this will pass. You do have to start talking to your members. You have to start talking to your supporters. You have to start um, coming together and figuring out how you're actually going to make life difficult for this government. You have to stop taking photographs with them, providing them photo ops while uh, students are protesting at the legislature. Uh, You're talking about the student student union leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah, whose who's like ostrich approach is working tremendously well for them right now. 
Yeah, like like we have tools. Like as working class people, I mean, ultimately, what we have is the ability to withdraw our labor, right? And and there's a lot of talk about general strikes right now. And I would I would say yes, let's talk about general strikes. There's nothing. It's a fantastic tactic if if, if yeah. pulled off, but like in Alberta, we are we are not even at the scale of a large scale like single or even multiple contract like labor disruption. You know, like why right. don't we have a few of those where we demonstrate solidarity with those folks who are right. who are going on strike um, legally or illegally, and and let's let's see what we can do in the context of like the the unions that actually have their shit together right now, right? Totally. And also just kind of like framing things in this like, oh, what's legal and what's illegal? Like it's such a it's such a narrow way to think about all of this stuff, especially when your enemy is literally the government. <laughs> and they write the rules yeah. and the laws. Yeah. So of course like all of you all of the shit in your arsenal is going to be quote unquote illegal. Mm-hmm. Um I just I would like for people to get pissed and I would like for people to get combative. Um, that, yeah. And just to know that these craven sons of bitches are not the demigods that they walk around being. All right, folks, you heard it. It's time to get cray. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Mav. I really do appreciate it. Now is that time of the show where you are able to plug the things that you were doing, plug your pluggables. All right, uh, so don't go to my Twitter, Mavtime, M-A-V-T-H-Y-M-E. That's private. Um, donate to my friend Jim's fund because he's getting sued. Uh, that's going to be in the show notes. And uh, listen to Kino Lefter, which is my favorite Edmonton podcast next to this one. Nah, next to this one. Very generous of you. Also, Mav does comedy at a very few places around town. If you're going to go to Edmonton Comedy Stuff, he'll probably be there. Um uh, if you like this podcast and you want to hear more of Progress Report, um, I mean, there's very a few very simple steps you can take. Um, one thing you can do is you can share it. You can talk about this podcast with your friends. Be like, oh, yeah, this is really funny. There was this Mav guy talking about how Jason Nixon murdered a horse, but not really. Um, <laughs> any way you feel to share it, whether you're texting it, putting it on your wall, uh, the word of mouth stuff is really how we grow the audience. So if you like this podcast, please uh, share it with your friends. Um, the other thing that's really helpful is you can leave a review. I mean, five stars minimum, but if you can leave a written review, that's the like gold standard of like, uh, podcast reviews. And for whatever reason, Apple podcasts thinks it's really important. And really it's, it's a contest. I think like I look at our podcast and we only have, I don't know, 40 something actual written reviews. And I'm like, yo, why don't we have 400? Yo. Yeah, exactly. And also like how much, how much does Ryan Hassman have in reviews? We need to crush Ryan Hasman. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Um, in any of that, in any context, you care to take that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but if you want to, uh, the other thing that you can do to support this podcast, beyond leaving a review and beyond sharing it with your friends, is um, give us money. We have we don't have a Patreon. Patreon. I don't know if I believe in the long-term viability of Patreon, but that's not why we're not on Patreon. We use, uh, it's just through our nation builder. It's through progress report dot the progress report.ca slash patrons. 
And there you can give us 5 to $15 a month, and you can join 300 other folks who are doing the same thing, and you can help keep this independent media project going. We do serious stuff. Like our last episode is is literally like independent reporting on how the corporate tax cut is uh, much, much bigger than is being reported by media and government. But then we also have fun stuff where we talk about how Jason Nixon allegedly murdered a horse. And so, I mean, I just don't think you're going to get that mix from any other kind of podcast out there. Also, if you have any notes, thoughts, or comments that you think I need to hear, I'm on Twitter at Duncan Kinney. You can reach me by email at Duncan K. Sorry, you can reach me by email at Duncan K at ProgressAlberta.ca. I mixed up my ads there. Thanks so much to Cosmic Fami Communist for the amazing theme. Thanks so much to Mav Addiser for being on the show. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>